After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. Hello again. Thanks for being here on the Feed the Proud, the Profitable. This is the podcast where we talk exclusively to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this space, there's a lot of people who exaggerate, fabricate, inflate what they're doing. So what we've done here, we take the guesswork out of it for you, and we only talk to people that we know are legit online and that we've personally vetted. So we've got one of those today. Colleen, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. So for everybody listening, some people watching this will know who you are, but for the people who don't, just tell us who you are, tell us in a little bit what you do. Yeah, so my name is Colleen Gallagher, and um, one thing that I'm super, super passionate about is empowering people to live with freedom. And that can mean a lot of different things to different people, depending on, on what you want out of life. And so what I've learned, and I've actually had the privilege of, of having cancer at 14, um, is that you really have to get clear on what freedom is to you. Is that freedom in a relationship? Is that freedom to send your kids to college? Is it freedom to travel? Is it the ability to be financially free, meaning yeah. you have passive income instead of active income supporting you? Um, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so what I do is I guide people um, to understand the power of social media, specifically as a starting point. Um, so they can start creating clarity on, on why they're here, on their purpose, and then start creating programs or products that allows them to receive passive income um, doing what they love. And so they can start to live in freedom, whatever that means to them. Yeah. I like the way that you frame that, that freedom, freedom varies so much from person to person. Because for a lot of people, it's not working hardly any hours or it's making a ton of money. But what we find, at least in, when we're dealing with our clients and people who largely have achieved a lot of success in terms of from a monetary standpoint, is that that gets old pretty quickly. Is that, yeah, it's great that we made all this money, but that's not giving them any sort of long-term fulfillment or feeling of freedom in a lot of cases. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, if, if I were to look at my personal definition of the, the people I've had the privilege to meet all over the world, the clients that I've served. Um, you know, I, freedom isn't just a one ending, I guess, place or destination. Yeah. It's a continual freedom or a continual journey of what you're going on. However, what, what I personally realized with freedom, it's, it's the ability to go deeper into the expression of who you are and exploring that expression in different ways that empowers, inspires other people. Um, in whatever way that you believe you desire to inspire and empower others in this world, whether that's through finances, maybe it's through clothing, maybe it's through hair, maybe it's through manufacturing. There's so many industries that are so beautiful and whatever that one is for you, um, there's a way that you can scale that in a way that, that will fulfill your wildest dreams in a way that when you're listening to this, you may not even know right now. Yeah. And like you said in there, that can, that's sort of a moving target, right? Because, and we've talked to people on this podcast and had this conversation with a lot of our clients where the goalpost is always sort of moving either 
sometimes that's that's a maddening thing because you don't want that to happen you you achieve this goal and you think it's going to give you this real level of fulfillment or happiness and then it can be on to the next thing so as we're evolving as individuals as we achieve certain successes in certain certain areas of our lives and then we need to move on to the next thing what's what's going to give us that feeling of freedom and fulfillment will be changing over time right exactly so i mean i guess from my spiritual practices or the modalities that i personally use in my life you know i i really one thing i believe is that we're all naturally here to do good in the world like one thing Mm -hmm. that we all deeply desire is to do good whatever that may be whatever that may look like um is in different ways and so you know, I think when you're starting out, even when I first started my business, you know, doing good was just like, okay, let me launch a book. And in this book, it's going to be so exciting. People can read it. And then I'm going to launch a program. So I'm actually like talking to people one-on-one. And then, and mm-hmm. then you go into, okay, I'm going to launch group programs. So there's more people. And then eventually you go, okay, well now I need a team of people. So I'm actually going to be hiring people and employing people. Okay. Yeah. Now this is even you know, more of like, how can I get people paid off of what I'm doing? How can I mm-hmm. actually empower more people to create success, but also like move the income that they're making and and be excited about it. And so I think even in that and just my own journey, and I guess even when you you started just one business and then you have another book or other businesses you become part of because you like their products or whatever that it is, your whole mindset on what freedom means, the level of impact you have, the level of what you can do transforms. And, And that can only happen though, as you start to act on your dreams, as you start to act on the spiritual practice or the the voices or the intuition or whatever that it is inside of you when you start to just simply practice listening to that and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger which gives you the courage to create a life of freedom yeah and the way you phrase you said it, i think this is key you called it courage because i feel like for a lot of us were either actively fighting against fear and making our decisions, or some people just never overcome it to where they don't find real fulfillment in their lives. They don't make the moves that would ultimately make them happy because either there's a fear of failure or just there's a certain comfort in staying where we are. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the biggest thing, you know, I was actually listening to a YouTube I can't remember it right now, the, the guy's name, but you know, he said that the biggest thing in life isn't fear. It's not that people are afraid of doing it. Like, the biggest thing that you should be worried of is, is conformity, of right. conforming yourself yeah. to other people, of, of being like everyone else. Because when you really look at people who are successful, when you really look at people who, and I don't want to say successful, it's just that people that are really happy. And usually mm-hmm. the happiest people are, are the most successful people yeah. um, in a way of every area of their life. And and what I mean by, by that is you want to start looking in your life of where are you conforming? Where is that small thing when maybe one day you, you don't want to make the bed and you're just like, I'm not going to do this because it's what I'm supposed to do. And obviously there's, you know, different things behind that or whatever that it is. But maybe you just listen to that voice of, you know what, today I want to wear this outfit instead of like conforming to this corporate outfit or mm-hmm. today I want to spend, you know, $200 on whatever instead of something else. And I, I think once you start just to listen to that inner voice responsibly and, and in a place of true guidance, your, your life starts to shift in miraculous ways. Right. And that can be a challenge because think about it starts when we're growing up as kids. Most of us start off 
a lot of our behavior, if not we as individuals, but our behavior, it can be obnoxious. So parents, the school system, everything is getting us to act in a way that makes us a functional member of society and tells us what's appropriate. But I think the decades of that wear most of us down to where all our rough edges, some of which make us unique and interesting and happy, a lot of times we can kind of lose those over time. And I think happiness can go with it. Totally. And even like an example that came, a story that I can share, you know, I was actually in Arizona maybe four months ago or five months ago. And um, I was out with some girlfriends and this little girl came up to us and there's a little tree next to us with a, with a soil pot. It was like a real little tree. And she was just playing in the dirt. Like she was just having so much fun, like digging around in it and, and doing it. And her dad came over and started screaming at her. And was like, girls don't play in the dirt. That is oh, dirty. That nice. is gross. Like all this stuff. And so the little girl kind of just looked at us because we were all sitting there we're like, it's okay. And um, I remember in that moment, I was like, wow, that little girl, you know, maybe she was supposed to be in nature. Maybe she's supposed to understand geology. Maybe she's supposed right. to be someone that's helping the climate change of the future that's going to have these huge major problems that are already yeah. existing. And by that simple thing of her parents, like, saying no to the dirt, that actually could be stopping her creative process. And so I think as adults, when you're listening to this, you have to look in your life of where have you stopped your creative process? Where have you stopped allowing yourself mm -hmm. to innovate? And, and maybe it is those moments, like think back to when you were a little girl, like or a little boy, like what did you love? What excited you? Maybe it was video games. And what's wrong if you do want to be a video gamer and make mm -hmm. you know a lot of an impact or train people how to make money on video games? I know that's a huge industry that sometimes can be shamed, but it's also done a lot of good for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's... And there's obviously a balance in it because there are certain careers where the chances of being successful or being able to support yourself are, are slim. So I understand when parents and school system, they're trying to gear you towards things where from a pure monetary standpoint, you're going to have an easier time. But if that's all that you're, you take into consideration when you're making these major life decisions, or if your job becomes so all-consuming that you don't have time for the hobby that really gave you this fulfillment, then we all deal, I think the older we get, the sort of mundanity of life can really wear us down. So if you're starting at this point where all the things that did inspire you and just make you happy and just were so interesting to you, if those get, if you get them stripped from you or you strip them away from yourself, then you've got a rough 40, 50, 60 years ahead of you for the mm -hmm. rest of your adult life that you're just kind of grinding along. Mm -hmm. I would agree. And I think that's the biggest thing of what, one thing that I talked about of passive income versus active income is, you know, a lot of people, you know, mm -hmm. work 30, 40 years just to have active income, which, which means that you're working for a specific amount of time and you're making a certain amount of money and that could mm -hmm. mean a salary even, but you, you don't have room to actually take control of your financial destiny. Mm -hmm. um, and when you really start, even if you are living, you know, on a corporate job and maybe you're not, you know, the person that's meant to be an entrepreneur or whatever, but you can still start to understand how to use that money to maybe buy investments in real estate mm -hmm. or, or buy bakeries or whatever that is so that you're, you're investing in things that are going to be running without you having to be there. So you're making passive income while you are doing whatever you love and, and you're setting yourself up for a greater future. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So second question we ask everybody is 
And we talked a little bit about this at the outset, that there are a lot of people who are very successful online, a lot of people who pretend. So what's the best thing about having a profitable online business? Yeah, I mean, the best thing I know for me about having a profitable online business is that you are able to create people into your reality and offer solutions to their problems that you would have had mm -hmm. no way of meeting otherwise. Sure. And I think being of service in that way, if you literally are able to impact people, meet new people, you're able to maybe have them come to your retreats or in-person events mm -hmm. physically, just based off of an online conversation, that is the greatest innovation. It's the greatest service. It's the greatest thing that you can create to transform someone's life that you've never had to physically be in the same location of. And I think that that's the number one greatest thing, 100% yeah. on it. And that's what's cool about online specifically, and you allude to this, is that if you rewind 10, 20, 30 years ago, the people you can work with and thereby the impact you're able to make is, unless you're a major corporation or a major company, it's limited by geographic region. If we rewind 15 years ago, you and I aren't having this conversation right now. The people listening to this aren't listening to it because they have no idea who either one of us are unless they live in the particular town that we're, we're living in. Mm -hmm. so, so having that flexibility of being able to reach so many people online and being able to reach the right people is, mm -hmm. is pretty fantastic because when you've got this huge geographic region, you can target so much more specifically the people who you actually want to work with and who are actually going to benefit from what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. uh, I totally agree. And I think that's the first part. I think the second part of that is that when you start to meet people online and you start to empower them to understand how to create online products or services that then allow them to get up out of their financial situation, to get out of an environment they don't like, to have men or women leave relationships that they're unhappy in, to mm -hmm. be able to buy the gifts they want for their children, to start saving money for their college or, or to allow their kid maybe to, to buy new clothes. I mean, the first part is meeting the people. The second part is when you actually are starting to be able to teach people how to do it for themselves. And that's the greatest thing or greatest gift that I've learned with online. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really nice too, because you're able to deal with the right people and the people who are a good fit for what you offer. It gives you that flexibility to actually make that impact. And when you have Part of this is based on having the right population to begin with. And part of it is having the buffer of, of making enough to be choosier with the clients you take on. But I can speak to our business. That's been one of our favorite things. And what online has really helped is that for any business, when you first start out, you're just trying to survive. So you take on anybody and everybody who's willing to pay you. And that's fine. There's nothing objectionable about that. But what makes it really fun, and most businesses will do this, you start to trim off the lower half of your clients, the ones that aren't really a fit, the ones who aren't getting the most benefit from what you're doing, then you're able to work with the people who are actually, you're really able to help. And that's, that feels so awesome. And that, yeah, to that point, that's, that's the next big thing about online is that you can create automated service and products that are going to be allowing more people to access you instead of it just all relying on you, sure. um, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Um, and then, yeah, you just take on kind of the higher level top clients um, and the rest mm -hmm. of it gets to kind of be fun for you. Yeah. 
it, it just goes to bandwidth because for most, not every business, because obviously you can hire people under you, but even careers people really enjoy. If you're being, let's say you're a lawyer, if you're the one working on that case file, you've got a finite number of hours that you can deal with in, in the year and thereby a finite number of people you're able to help. You, you can only sleep, but so few hours every, every night. So with online where you're creating courses and you have this ability to where your bandwidth isn't unlimited, but it's pretty close to it. And the mm -hmm. amount of people you can reach, there's something extremely fulfilling about that. Totally. I mean, you know, I was able to start my business um, while I was traveling the world and I was also starting my, I'm like completing my master's of science in global technology and development. Nice. I mean, it's absolutely a, a tool. I mean, when you start to create even ads, when you start to have all these things that, oh, how beautiful systems, like I said, and, and ways that people can yeah. get access to you on their time and you're not just using your time to impact everybody. It's a beautiful way to grow your income to grow your impact and you know one thing I really believe is you know the your how much money you're making is really depending or, or earning I should say is really dependent on the amount of impact that you're having on people so the more that you serve sure. people in a way the more that you allow them to be served by you um the more that it's a natural law you're going to start earning sure well if you're if you're providing value then it's only natural that people refer people hear about you your following grows all the all the things that sort of cause this gravitational force back to you are going to happen. The people who aren't providing value aren't creating that, that force. And if either are going to fail or just are going to stagnate best case. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so cool. So third question we ask everybody is what we hear from a lot of online business owners, what we deal with with our clients is managing cash flow. Because for an online business, you have a lot of advantages like we've talked about. You also have some unique struggles to managing cash flow successfully. So how have you managed to do that? Yeah, so I was really, really lucky when I, when I started. I actually had a mentor that talked a little bit about finances, which was really blessed. So I actually, from, a, from the very start of my business, I have an Excel sheet and I do it every month. Um, I put out what I, my monthly goal is to receive or what it is that my sales goal is. And then I literally every single day, it's part of my, my morning routine, I go in and I see what it is that I made the day before and what is it that my expenses were. Mm -hmm. And from that place, and then the other thing I guess I've learned is that every, when you first are starting out, every dollar that you make, save 10%. So I started that out from a very, very, I guess, beginning stage. And I was really blessed to have a mentor that's helped me with that. Um, and that's really assisted, I guess, in my cash flow and me understanding where my money is at, where it's going, right. maybe where to cut expenses and also how to create different revenues um, for new team members or, or new things that I've wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what we say that, we, we talk about with our clients that there's two major differentiating factors usually of businesses who succeed and ones who are going to fail. And, and saying two is a big oversimplification because we've just listed probably five while we're, we're talking things that are important. But we talk about being reasonably well capitalized, that you're not doing this on a $50 budget and you need that $50 to turn into $1,000 in the next month. You have it to where you've got enough money to where you can weather the storm while you're getting some momentum. But the second thing is tracking your KPIs. One of the mm -hmm. biggest things of businesses that fail and who are, nah, I guess it's not in two categories, probably three. It's 
failing, just stagnating, which is where a lot of people end up to where they don't track particularly well. So their business grows reasonably well and then just stops. But the ones who really grow and succeed are the ones who are tracking and know where their money's coming from, know where their money is going to, which subsets of their business are the most profitable, which ones are growing the most. The ones who have really granular understanding of their finances and their performance metrics. Yes, I would agree with that. And I think the other thing that I could really share um, with finances or with looking at it is, you know, you want to have an intimate relationship with money. You know, money, I believe, is a feminine energy. Um, so it likes to flow. And anyone with the beautiful thing about feminine energy is in the flow that anyone can capture it. You can capture any amount of money that you want. You can align yourself to that. It's just a choice. And so, um, you know, I've seen so many miracles happen where you've said like $50 has become $1,000 or more than that. And it just depends your commitment to freedom and your commitment to being whatever it is you desire in this world. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's um, sometimes the people, it depends, you said commitment. It really does go to either people who have such a commitment or drive towards whatever goal they're trying to achieve. Sometimes, especially in the early days, it's desperation where people have no choice but to make these things work, where people are able to get there, get through what seemed like impossible situations on their surface, but they're able to succeed because of that commitment. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Okay, cool. So fourth question, what we ask everybody is to give us a tip that you think that every online business owner should know. Be more committed to serving people than you are to a sale. Yeah. Be more committed to creating connection, authentic connection. There's people, you know, I've had online for maybe almost two years, probably the whole time. And, and they've never got anything. They've never asked for anything. And I just consistently build and build and build the connection instead of worrying about selling them. Because when the time is right, they're going to, you're going to have something for them, but let them be in their process and in their journey where they are with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's, that can be difficult. I, I totally agree with that. I feel like so many people end up having and especially online because it's it's less of a personal interaction to begin with. You're not mm-hmm. right in you're not in person with somebody. A lot of times you're not even hearing their voice or talking to them on the phone. To where we'll talk about that sometimes people sort of forget basic human psychology and interaction when they're dealing with people online. And I think one of the symptoms of that ends up being a, a real impatience towards a, a connection or an interaction paying off. In their mind. Yeah. And my, honestly, my offering to anyone is, you, you know, just show up, be of service, offer value, and the right people will come. Mm-hmm. It, it just take, takes time. And one of the things that we've, we've struggled with, at least with interacting with people, is that in this space, there are a lot of people who seem to think that making the sale is their objective. So it's so focused on, I'm going to get the money. And sometimes whether or not they can deliver any value, if they deliver what they promise, is very, very secondary to them. So I feel like that's 
especially for people who are really trying to get their start in the space, that's important to hear because so much of it is just, oh, make the sale, make the sale, make the sale. And then everything, they, they act like everything else will follow, which maybe it w- if you can actually deliver on what you promise, sure. But not if that's your only goal is getting the money. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, and I think one thing that you said, um, there is people who are, you know, people who are very concerned with selling, you know, I, I think they can, sales is very important. I'm not by any means saying that it's not. Sure. However, it true sales, I mean, a true salesmanship is connection, you know, nothing mm-hmm. super big is going to happen overnight. You know, I mean, yeah. it, you can win the lottery overnight, but usually if you look at some of the, the people maybe who have done it, like they've been practicing manifestation, they've been practicing certain things in their life, or they've been trying to change their mindset on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they lose it, sometimes they don't. But, you know, even, even in the small things, like you want to show up to every experience, to every um, moment and interaction with someone as simply just a way to offer connection. And that's it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, sweet. So last question, we asked people either, what's the craziest thing you've seen sold online or what's the craziest tactic you've seen to sell something online? Oh gosh, um, the craziest thing. I actually had a client, this is, this is amazing actually. And he's reason, but he had a, a bee farm and he was selling bees to other okay people because he had so many or whatever that it was. So it was actually a really cool business, but basically it was like the pharmacist, he had a certain type of, he had made a certain type of, or I don't know, whatever the, I don't know, whatever it was. But anyway, it was so fascinating. And so those were the most interesting thing that I've seen. Um, that was, it was really cool though. They learned a lot, but it was, that's, that industry is fascinating. And so the other thing I'd say, I guess, with uh, the most tactic, I guess one of the things that drive me nuts the most is when people reach out, and they say what they do and they go, well, if you want to book a free call, here's the 20 minutes. And you know, one thing I'm going to tell you is time is the most important asset we have in this life because you never get it back. So most of the time, if I wanted to talk with you, I would ask to talk with you. And when someone comes out and just says, and they go book a 20 minute call, it almost to me can feel like assuming that their time is like more valuable than mine, like assuming that I just have nothing to do. And so I think, you know, what I'm getting at with that is if someone asks you about what you're doing, then, then do that. But it, don't just right away assume someone wants to talk with you. And sure. I think that's a really important thing of, of building an authentic connection and relationship before just throwing that your time is so much better than someone else and someone's so privileged to have your time. Um, because it's, it's really a gift for two people to come together and both offer that you have each other's time. So it's probably the most interesting tactic I still see from, the, you know, it'll be coaches that say, you know, like, oh, I build six figures or seven figure mindset or whatever it is. And um, they act this way. And, you know, a lot of the, the millionaires and billionaires that, you know, I personally know are friends with like that, the last thing that they're doing is getting on the phone with someone <laughs> like mm-hmm. unless it, it, it's in a relation to their business. You know, most of the time you, if you are running a, a true business, um, you don't have time to be talking on the phone for just 20 minutes right. and offering your things because you're building and creating. And so um, that's just one thing that I'd, I would say that sure. I'd like to offer. Well, and it's almost, it's a little paradoxical because like you said, 
it's saying that their time is more valuable than yours is, but it also, if they're just offering up their time so freely, it almost seems like they don't really value their, their own time either. It's, it's this weird thing where it's like, yeah, I'm better than you, but, but also my time isn't really worth a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. All right. Perfect. So thanks so much for being on again. Had a real fun time talking to you. For everyone who's watching this, who's listening to this and wants to reach out and connect with you, what's your, what's your website? What's your best method of contact? Yeah, so my website is just www.callinggallagher.co. Um, however, the best way to reach me is on Facebook or Instagram, Messenger or direct message. So my Instagram is Colleen underscore Gallagher underscore. Or my Facebook is facebook.com forward slash the Colleen Gallagher. Okay, perfect. We'll put all those links in the description. Thanks again for being here. And to everyone watching and listening, thanks again for watching The Few and the Proud, The Profitable, where we only talk to legit online businesses where we vetted personally. Make sure to like this podcast, to review it and subscribe it, and we'll catch y'all next time.